Hello, welcome to the Brave Girl Podcast. I'm your host, Jade, and I'm so grateful that you are here joining me today. Wherever you are listening to me from, wherever you are in the world, I just want to say hello and I'm thankful for you deciding to press play on me and on my podcast. If you have some shit going on in your life, I just want to put it out there right now. Send me a DM at Wake Up by Jade Renee and I will help you figure it out as best as I can. I have had a pretty full on year this year, full of ups and downs. Definitely had some struggles and some hard times this year, but I've also had some really amazing times. And I feel like there's so much power in being able to experience both ends of the spectrum in life. Because when we have that polarity, we can really become so much more grateful for when life does go our way. Whereas I know for myself, if life has been pretty cruisy for a long time, I begin to just feel quite complacent in that space. And it's like nothing is ever really good in the same way that nothing is really ever shit, which I suppose in some ways is good. Life isn't meant to be lived in black and white. We want to experience the colors. We want to experience the range of emotions. It's a reminder that we're human. I always say, and you'll probably always hear me say it on this podcast. We do not know how long we are going to be on earth for. Some of us lucky enough to live into old age. And of course, that's where the majority of people want to go. We want to be able to be old and hopefully pass away in our sleep. But the reality is that isn't how life works. Sometimes we die a lot younger than we expected. And I know this sounds morbid and I'm not trying to make you feel depressed, but it's true and it's a reality. And just because we don't want to think about it doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. So with that knowledge, we do want to experience life in the best way we can. And that means immersing ourselves and celebrating those great times, also recognizing and accepting that we are going to struggle at times in our lives and we're going to have shitty times times, but they're not going to last forever. On a bit more of a happier note, I am so excited because I am going to Bali. I haven't been to Bali since before COVID hit. Bali is like a home away from home. It's not really like I've only been a couple of times, two or three times. But when I went to Bali for the first time, I was one of those Aussies that was like, oh, Bali will be shit. I don't know if I'll like it, you know, because everyone goes there and you want to be a little bit different and be like, I won't like it. but you do. And that's pretty much what happened to me. I went there and then just felt like, wow, I absolutely love this place. I love how kind the people are. They're so polite. Obviously, the weather is amazing when you live in Melbourne. Any kind of warm day and night without any wind is incredible. It's just one of those places in the world where I really feel at ease. I traveled to the US when I was 21 And I did not feel like that there. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. We saw pretty incredible stuff, but 
I just couldn't relax and switch off in the same way I do when I'm in Bali or anywhere in Southeast Asia for that matter. But I'm returning at the end of August. It's amazing how the stars aligned for this opportunity. I've been running women's circles for a few months now and I recently did a sound healing practitioner course and I got talking to a lovely woman named Shay who has her own online business and runs retreats in Bali. She gave me the opportunity to come to her retreat and offer a sound healing to the other attendees and also attend the retreat for myself. I didn't know if I was going to get the time off work. I knew it may or may not happen, but it's happening and I am so bloody grateful. What makes this story even more wild is I was browsing on Instagram the other day and I thought I'm just going to have a look at the resort that we are staying at. I'm going to have a look on their Instagram page and I kid you not, when I've clicked on their page, one of their pinned posts is the exact same photo of a photo that I have on my vision board. So I click into this photo, sure enough, is taken at resort. This image has been on my vision board since 2020. In 2020, I did an update of my vision board. I took off anything that I'd either achieved or no longer felt in alignment with. Side note, it's a really good idea to do this if you have a vision board. But this bloody place has been on my vision board. And now I am going there on a retreat, running a sound healing and circle. It is just fucking wild how the universe works. I really want to highlight this story as a reminder for you. If you have an intention, if there is something you want in life, just decide that that is what you want and then go forward with the belief that it will happen for you. And if it doesn't happen for you, something bloody better will. I have tried to have this approach for many years now, many different situations in my life. Life because I know that things are always working out for me. Do I think this 24-7, 100% of the time? Fuck no. Like half the time something shitty will be happening and I literally, my first response is, why is this happening to me? Like any normal person. But deep within, I choose to believe that it will work out. I know it will. I cannot hang out in that victim mentality for long because things work out. And I knew that if something had happened and I wasn't able to go on this retreat and take this opportunity, I knew that something else would pop up. Yes, I would have been disappointed, but my belief in things working out for me was far too strong to allow it to bother me for long had have I not been able to go. It's very exciting and I can't wait to share that with you. Let's dive into the questions. The first question today says, how the fuck am I meant to decide what I'm going to do with my life? I am 20 years old at uni, but hating it. Some of my high school friends are close to purchasing homes and I have like $20 to my name. I feel like I am running a rat race. I will never win. First things first. You're 20 years old. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Trying to compete or be where your friends are at is a surefire way to unhappiness when you do anything in life because you feel like you have to. No fulfillment, no happiness can come from that place. It's really hard in the years you leave school. 
I remember being in year 12 and feeling this immense pressure that I would have to be in uni, studying, getting a job straight away, you know, all, all just all the steps, all the normal, normal steps that people are expected to follow. It's like this traditional way of living. But the reality is that doesn't fucking work for everyone. Sure, that is what you feel called to do. You should 100% do it. But don't do it because you're expected to do it. It's just, it's never going to work for you. Governments, culture, society are responsible for the way that young people, most people, but especially young people feel about this because they put you in this one size fits all. That is like pretty much saying that everyone who goes to school is meant to follow that trajectory. But that is not how life works. Think of famous artists, actors, entrepreneurs, anyone who's done anything wild or outside the box. Did they follow that trajectory? Did they conform to what society considers is normal? No, they fucking didn't because they knew that there was something else out there for them. You are 20 years old. You don't have to do anything. Have a gap year, travel, work, do anything, be a stripper. Like it doesn't matter. I'm not trying to give you bad advice. What I'm trying to, I guess, drill in right here is to do what your heart is calling you to do. I was given amazing advice by a psychologist actually in high school who told me to just do what I'm interested in. That was really good advice, but I kind of want to add another layer onto that. Do what you feel passionate about. Do what you feel called to do. And if you're hearing me say this and thinking, I have no clue what I'm passionate about. I have no clue what I'm interested in. Also very normal and very okay, but just try shit. Try different things. When I first left school, I went into a teaching degree. I didn't like that. I think I dropped out of that six months in. After that, I did an event management diploma. Never went on to use it. When you try shit, you learn what you do and what you don't like. Each step you take brings you closer to finding something you love. But until you try it, you really have no idea how you're going to feel about it. None of what your friends are doing is going to matter at the end of your life. For me personally, I always knew I wanted to buy a home of my own. I knew this when I was a teenager, that that was something I needed to do for myself. I've never been so fussed on having to get married or have children by a certain time. Those things didn't feel like huge goals of mine. But buying a home of my own, particularly on my own, was something I really wanted to do. In my early 20s, I started saving for that. And at the age of 25, or I just turned 26, I bought a home on my own. I was very privileged. I will make this side note. I was very privileged in the fact that I was able to live at home with mum whilst I saved. I paid her a bit of rent per week and I funded my whole lifestyle and clothes and you know, if I was going out, I, I was I wasn't given money, but I did have that luxury of living at home. So I do want to make that clear. But I saved the deposit on my own. I had no financial assistance. I didn't have any government grants even because that's the way it works when you buy an established home in, in Melbourne, Victoria. I knew that was my goal and I, I wanted to do that. In some ways though, now that I'm a little bit older, 28, I wish I hadn't been so hard on myself around wanting to do that 
because I could have done that now at my age or even in my 30s and it still would have been amazing. I wish I had kind of relaxed a little bit around the expectations of what you're supposed to do when you leave school because I definitely felt that push to I've got to study something, I've got to achieve something, I need to be doing really good work to make something of myself. But I suppose that's the reason why I got into social work because I knew I was interested in it, I knew I was drawn to it. I felt like I could use the gifts that I have within my personality in this role. Whereas if I'd gone into more of a scientific field, that would have played on my weaknesses. I was called to that kind of work because it excited me. It interested me. Now I'm called to doing more of my own kind of work, my own business, healing work, podcasting, helping people in a different way. And that's why you're listening to this right now. I don't want you to be so hard on yourself. I don't want you to feel like you need to be like other people because you absolutely don't. If you want to purchase a home one day, wonderful. That That's amazing. But you know what? You can save and do that through work that you love. It's not going to matter what other people are doing at the end of your life. You will get to where you want to be. It is a journey of trust and it is a journey of taking steps in the direction of things that light you up. That is really all you need to do. This is a time to take risks and experience life. It is not a time to be settling down, locking in your life, unless of course that is what you want right now. But the way that you can do that is by following what interests you. Start studying something you're passionate about. Get involved in work, volunteering in areas that you are drawn to. And you're not going to be so concerned around what other people are doing anymore because you're just going to be having too good of a time enjoying your own life and focusing on yourself. Comparison does not get us anywhere. I think most of the people I went to school with have had children or are on their way to having children and that is so wonderful for them. But is it what I want right now? No, it's not. Sometimes I'm not even sure I fully want children. But if I do have children, it won't be for a number of years. And I feel okay with this because I know that if I was to have a child now, I wouldn't be 100% happy and fulfilled in that decision. So therefore I choose not to do it. If you're falling into that comparison loop, I want you to step out of it, reflect and ask yourself, what is it about their life that you want? Is it because you feel like you have to be like them? Or do they have something that you truly desire for your life? And if so, how can I begin to work toward that? Your energy, your power is within you and what you choose to do with your time and your life. Doesn't matter what others are doing, take risks and follow what lights you up. All right, let's dive into question number two. This listener has written in saying, I'm recently out of a long-term relationship and I'm wanting to date new people and not get attached. How do I maintain a friends with benefit whilst not getting emotionally attached? I tend to latch on to people quite quickly after having sex and I really want to avoid this. I believe that this were truly possible, there would be a lot less relationships in the world. We can't control how we end up feeling about 
someone and when we are opening up ourselves to someone in a sexual way, you are going to be taking the risk that your emotions could get quite intense and you may become quite invested. So I don't believe that there is any way of avoiding this completely, but I do believe that there are different ways that you can approach this to help just want to acknowledge this really exciting phase that you are entering into. Being single is such an empowering place to be. It can be a lot of shame around being single, a lot of embarrassment. People can view it as being indicator of your worthiness or how many people want to date you. This is just such a backward way of looking at being single. I believe that if you can embrace what being single is, and that doesn't necessarily equate to sleeping around and sleeping with anyone unless of course you want to do that then you absolutely should but being single can be empowering for so many reasons because you get to truly know yourself you have that opportunity when we are in a partnership it is easy to hide within the walls of a relationship and pour a lot of our energy into our partner which is also beautiful but it can mean that we're not ever really getting to know ourselves and our likes and dislikes that are outside of a relationship. When we are on our own, this can be properly explored. We also have the ability to determine what it is we really want in a future partner. Going back to the original question around how not to get attached, I want you to reflect on why it is that you would get attached to someone that you barely know. If you have sex with someone and feel completely invested in that person, I really want you to reflect on why it's natural to develop different feelings for someone once you have sex with them. But to be treating somebody as if they are the be all and end all, something more is going on below the surface. And I think it really is around coming back to that place of how you feel about them rather than how they feel about you. You can have sex with someone once, 10 times, and still not actually know what kind of person they are. When you have sex with someone, you are making an energetic exchange with them. You can't have sex with someone and then go on to think that that is not going to impact on you in some way, whether it be physical, mentally, spiritually, That's why I believe it's really important to discern the kinds of people you are letting enter your space. And this is not me saying don't have sex with anyone or any strangers, because if that's what you are feeling is going to be the most empowering and exciting thing for you to do at this point in your life, then by all means, go ahead. But if it is leaving you in a place of unworthiness, self-consciousness, insecurity, and you are really letting this person have so much power over your feelings and emotions, you need to do the inner work to avoid that from happening. Having sex with someone is not an agreement. They don't owe us anything, especially if you are really going into this in a casual way, then they don't have any obligation to give you any more. This is completely different to someone you are in an exclusive relationship with. But if it is just that very casual one night stand or 
friends with benefits, they really owe you nothing. And I think in modern dating now, this is where we trip ourselves up and create more problems for ourselves because we put so much pressure on our sexual partners to be someone in our life that they're really not. We can come back to ourselves and explore what is going on. So if you know that having sex equals attachment, start to approach it in a balanced way. So this may be having periods of celibacy or just sleeping with one person at a time. I want to really encourage you to do some inner child work. If inner child work is new to you, basically the simplest way of me putting it is healing wounds that occurred for you as a child. And the reason I say this is your need to get quite attached to people quickly comes from somewhere. Often when people have more of an anxious attachment style, it can come from an abandonment wound as a child. Now this can look very different for everyone. And I'm certainly not saying that this is what has occurred for you. However, there is something happening within you that is creating your need to get attached. It does not make you a bad person for having some healing work to do. We all have work to do. Often it is the things that happen to us in childhood that shape the adult that we are today. And it is going to impact on our future relationships. I have done two sides of this work. I've done a lot of training and studying on trauma-informed care and what trauma does to the brain on a biological level. And also there's another flip side of that when we really want to do the healing work and different healing modalities that we can go into. Inner child work is one of them. Rising Woman is an amazing person to follow. She has done so much training and is so grounded in her approach. For anyone at all having issues with their relationships, I strongly suggest following her page, doing one of her courses. Her work is absolutely profound and is one of my biggest inspirations. Another form of inner work I encourage you to do is to sit in meditation and reflect on some past experiences and the emotions that came up for you during those times when you found yourself getting attached to someone quite quickly. And I know meditation feels tricky. It can be hard for a lot of people. It's just letting yourself feel what came up without the judgment. I would also suggest doing some journaling after that meditation. There are some amazing journal prompts online, but just a couple off the top of my head. You could write, what am I looking for out of this relationship? Or what does my ideal relationship feel like? There's many different prompts that you can use, but definitely doing some self-exploration. I would also get to the bottom of what sex means to you. Is it something that you consider fun or are you trying to pull something more out of it, like validation or a sense of self-worth? Because you are having sex with people for that reason, it will never bring you a sense of fulfillment. It really is up to you to protect your emotional, spiritual and physical self. And on that note, I really want to highlight the importance of having safe sex. I don't believe that there is anywhere near enough education or advertising on safe sex. It just, it pisses me off because there's so much advertising for gambling and things that literally bring no benefit at all to society. And yet there is minimal 
normal on sexual health. So I do want to highlight here that if you or for anyone having sex with multiple partners or with people that you don't know that well, have safe sex, use condoms. There is nothing to be ashamed about with having an STD. If you don't have one, why would you potentially want to expose yourself to getting one? It is just something to keep in mind. You want to take your health on all levels into your own hands. I believe that when we do this as people, as women, we have more control over our lives because we're not waiting on somebody else to look after us, to do it for us. And sure, that would be lovely, but we need to take responsibility for our own lives do also want to encourage you to embrace the part of you that is so open and loving. Everyone that I've ever known who has got attached really easily are generally people that are very loving and sensitive. And these aren't things to be ashamed of. They're not qualities that you need to hide or try to not be. It's just that they need to be expressed in a different way. And when you have these qualities, it's very easy easy to turn outward and look for people or invest in relationships where that isn't going to be reciprocated, but rather turning inward and filling up your own cup and pouring into relationships that are able to give that same kind of love back to you rather than hoping that somebody from outside of us can give us that validation, that love, that openness for us to feel better. We need to turn within. We need to give it to ourselves. Really making yourself the priority, not the person you're having sex with or dating. It's making yourself number one. A good question to ask yourself is, how can I love myself more? We're not worrying about how can I get them to like me more or what can I do to get them to feel the same way I do? We are asking ourselves, how can I love myself more? And when we ask that, sometimes the answer is by not responding to a message or not seeing this person again or having time on our own, whatever it may be for you when you ask that question, the focus is inward rather than outward. And if you are, and I'm intuitively feeling that you are quite an open, sensitive and loving person, beautiful gifts, do not change them. Just be mindful of where you direct those energies. I think I have covered that and I just want to say if you have listened to the end of the episode, thank you so much. I am buying a microphone for this podcast. I've literally been recording it off my laptop, so I apologize for the shitty audio. It should be much better by my next episode. I did try a whole bunch of other headphone microphones, but they were just awful. So yeah, it's time to buy a mic. I also want to put the call out. I am looking for a co-host. In my vision for this podcast, I always imagined doing it with someone else. So if you are or you know someone who you feel would be really interested in doing this with me and I am looking for a particular type of person. Obviously, you've listened to the episode, so you understand my vibe. I've always imagined having a podcast where there is back and forth conversation. So I am looking for someone who is open-minded, committed to this work because it takes up a lot of your time. I have made 
next to no money. So if you're doing something just for the hope that you're going to get rich quick, it's not going to happen. So you need to be committed, quite spiritually inclined, but also really in tune with modern day issues. So we're grounded in our approach. I'm really feeling Leo, Gemini, Aquarius kind of vibes. If you've got those placements, strong placements in your chart even. And if you don't know what I mean by that, you may not be the right person. If you know someone, if you are that person, DM me. And lastly, if you have a question for me that you would like me to answer and explore, please send it through to at Wake Up by Jade Renee and it might be featured on an upcoming episode of the Brave Girl podcast. Thank you so much for being here, for listening and for supporting me. Please rate me five stars if you can and if you enjoyed it, I would be so grateful. Thank you.